Welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Our mission is to emphasize the importance of preserving historic landmarks for future generations, mental health, physical well-being, and a safe family home environment. We value your monetary support. Here's your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. Thank you for your company. There's one thing that we all can agree on, and that is the importance of protecting our health. However, mold and other indoor environmental health issues go overlooked in many homes across America despite it being a massive risk to you and your family. It is often the case mold is not actively sought out and is typically only discovered when the issue has become critical. Therefore, to inform homeowners and the potential risk that mold presents to your health, allow me to introduce to you Tim Swackhammer, also known as the Mold Medic. You know, you walk into a home or, or a building and you smell that pungent, musty smell that hits you all of a sudden and you wonder, is this detrimental to my health? And I'm glad to have Tim on the show today to help us to see whether it is unhealthy and if so, what you can do about it. But before we get into our talk or discussion here, uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on, Benjamin. I think it's uh, a really great thing that you're doing, and I'm uh, happy to be here. So, my pleasure. Uh, my name's Tim Swackhammer. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Mold Medics and Mold Medics Franchising, uh, and we're an indoor air quality company. So we specialize in uh, mold removal, mold remediation, air duct cleaning, indoor air quality testing. Uh, radon and radon or radon mitigation and radon testing as well. So mm -hmm. we do a variety of different things all in the indoor air quality space uh, with mold really being kind of where we started and that's still mm -hmm. our primary focus. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, you're located where now, Tim? Uh, we're based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, our corporate Pennsylvania. Offices. Yeah. yeah, well, that's great. Um, you know, I, I have wondered uh, whether... Uh, mold. Uh, incidentally, is mold and mildew, is that interchangeable? So a lot of people think that it is, and it's actually not. So oh, mildew okay. is something that uh, occurs specifically on living plants. Uh -huh. And right. mold, on the other hand, is a fungus that grows on uh, any type of dead organic material, dead plant material. Okay. All right. So, uh, how would you define mold? Uh, is are there different species to mold? How, how would you? What would you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. So, there's actually there's estimates put it over a hundred thousand different species of mold oh, wow. uh, that are out there, and varying degrees of harm that they can cause. Some that are more or less completely inert, but some that can be pretty significantly uh, impactful on human health. And uh, mold's part of the fungi kingdom. And there's molds everywhere. There's molds in every bit of air that you breathe, inside, outside, doesn't really matter. There's going to be some level of mold uh, because it exists to break down dead plant material. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're outside and you see a pile of leaves in the fall, that's got mold in there that's breaking them down. So that comes spring, there's not all those leaves sitting around. Mm -hmm. And the problem whenever we talk about it in a residential situation is we use a lot of dead plant material to build our homes. Mm -hmm. We use wood, we use paper and drywall, 
Uh, we use glue that has different plant materials. There's all kinds of different things that can become a source for mold growth because mm -hmm. the mold's going to feed on that plant material. And now we're trapping ourselves in an environment with mold, some of which can be very harmful. And that's, that's really where a lot of the, the problems come from. Mm -hmm. um, I would think that porous material would be quite a, a you know problem, I would think, for where you will find mold. Would that be correct? Let's say versus glass or plastic. Yeah, so it, definitely porous materials are more susceptible to mold growth. Mm -hmm. um, one of the common things we see, though, is mold growth on non-porous surfaces. It's not as much of a concern because it can what happens is it actually grows on the dust and basically the grime that accumulates on those mm -hmm. surfaces mm -hmm. and that's where you have the growth so it can't grow into the surface which is definitely better um but yeah your porous surfaces especially the plant-based ones can be very problematic yeah like you said wood i guess that'd be porous uh, drywall uh, that's yep. porous and uh, uh, fabric uh, i'm just thinking about uh, porous material there so you know, to underscore our discussion, the importance of our discussion today, uh, Tim, what, what are the health repercussions of mold? So there's a wide variety. So um, on kind of a general level, it's going to be your common respiratory issues. Uh -huh. So coughing, wheezing, uh, excess mucus, and then leading up to more significant issues that can contribute to asthma. Um, there's also specifically a con condition known as aspergillosis, which is when you actually get a fungal infection. So the, the mold infection in your lungs, um, that can be very problematic. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, there's newer ev evidence linking mold to a lot more chronic issues, things like chronic inflammatory response syndrome or chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, and these things can be very problematic as, uh, they can be very difficult to identify what the source is and really kind of hone in on what needs to be done to resolve it for the client. Mm -hmm. You know, over the years, uh, I've been involved with properties. Um, and I remember uh, one family, this is quite a few, oh, well, probably maybe 20 years ago, they just had to move uh, because it was affecting their health. Uh, and uh, which I, I thought that... Uh, I said, well, you know, I was scratching my head. Is it really that bad? I mean, you know, and I have been into properties such as that, you know, I think the, uh, uh, let me ask you this climate, climate, is that a, is that a factor? Let's say a, a beach house. Yep. It so yeah, climate, climate definitely can be a factor. Uh, obviously your more humid environments are going right. to create some situations that are going to be more conducive to mold growth. Uh, home construction can also be a big factor. Uh, but really, whenever we're talking about the health implications, one of the biggest things we see is the individual. I mean, every mm -hmm. person's a little bit different, and sure. yeah. some people are just a lot more susceptible to mold and other environmental issues than others. So mm -hmm. uh, that you combine sort of the two different elements at the same time, and that's where you can have a, uh, a recipe for a situation that's challenging for the occupant, for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um can a doctor, does he have the ability to uh, diagnose uh, a person's condition if that person is being affected uh, in his home like that? Yeah, so that's a great question. And it's one that there's, it, it's constantly evolving. Uh, so mm -hmm. traditionally, whenever we're working with clients that are uh, seeking help from the medical community for these issues, they're generally reaching out to more functional medicine doctors mm -hmm. uh, rather than like traditional MDs. 
just because the functional medicine practitioners tend to be more focused on uh, environmental issues and not specifically just uh, what can be prescribed or sort of that end of medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's definitely, even in the years that we've been in it, we've seen more of a shift that way. And we have been seeing more doctors beginning to acknowledge the link between your environment and your health. Um, yeah. So it's definitely moving in the right direction. Exactly. No, so, so when you say functional medicine, that's where a doctor considers the whole person, uh, I guess, in a holistic approach, I guess that would be, right? Uh, Correct. Yeah. yeah. In, in, in lieu of uh, sticking to pharmaceuticals, they look at the whole the whole picture. I yeah, like they're going to look I, more at your environment, your diet, all those things, and how all of that interacts with one yeah. another. Yeah, I like that. I really do because sometimes, uh, you know, here's a pill that'll take care of it. You know, that, that to me, that's just too, uh, too expeditious. <laughs> if you, ask me, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but how, how do I know what, uh, Tim, how do I know if there is a mold or moisture problem in my home? So really, I mean, in terms of the, the first notice that a lot of people get, it's going to be what you mentioned right at the beginning of the show, their nose, they're going to smell it. They're going to okay. sense it. They're going to, have that musty type odor. That's typically how a lot of people are going to identify, mm-hmm. okay, there's there's a potential mold issue here. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times it may be that they're going and they're seeking treatment for other medical issues and a doctor suggests that, hey, you might want to have this looked at, uh, in which case it comes down to an inspection of the home. Mm-hmm. So going through the home and uh, looking for and testing for presence of mold, history of water damage, uh, and other factors that can identify potential water intrusion issues. Yeah, very good. I um, which will leads me to ask this other question. So, what are the main uh, procedures to to fixing the problem of mold or, or moisture? By, by the way, moisture—that's the culprit, isn't it? The main yeah, culprit. Yeah, absolutely. So, mold needs a few different things to live. It needs air, which obviously we have an abundance in our homes. Mm -hmm. Uh, It needs a temperature range, which we keep our homes at. It needs a food source, which again, we build our homes out of food sources for mold. And the last thing it needs is water. Mm. So if we can control the water, we can control mold growth. Uh, So really, whenever we're looking at a mold issue, it's due to some sort of moisture problem. Mm -hmm. And that could be a issue with humidity. It could be an issue with an actual water intrusion event from like exterior water that makes its way into the inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or it could be basic stuff like uh, plumbing leaks, those Mm -hmm. kind of things that can happen. Mm -hmm. And and your empirical uh, experience, what do you find mainly in the the air ducts and the vents or where do you find it mainly? So it literally all over the home. uh, Where we are located, in Pittsburgh, we have a lot of basements. Uh, we also oh, have okay. um, a good amount of hills and we have a fair amount of rainfall. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. all contributes to damp basements, which can be a pretty consistent issue. And we we do a lot of work in basements. We help uh, a lot of people address those issues. That's probably the most common one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also see a ton of issues in normal living spaces. We see a ton of issues in attics uh, due to improper ventilation. Uh, a lot of what we do is really focused on sort of ongoing issues rather than uh, if you think of like a serve pro or a major restoration company, they're more so working with, Hey, I had this giant flood and a bunch of water came in or I had this massive pipe leak, anything like that. 
they're dealing more with those type of problems. Whereas we focus more on this issue came up due to some improper maintenance or improper uh, building science in the construction of the home. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cause I know sometimes uh, the mold is not so uh, visible. Uh, I don't know if there's any, any uh, instruments that you use to, to kind of sniff it out as it were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, a variety of different things that we do to help detect and identify the presence of mold. There's various testing protocols that we utilize from surface samples. If we see visible mold, there's air sampling to help identify what types of mold are present in the air. Mm -hmm. uh, And we compare that to exterior samples. Uh, We utilize moisture meters and thermal imaging cameras to help identify water intrusion events, um, particle counters, all kinds of different stuff to help really identify, is there a mold issue? And if so, where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. Interesting. You are listening to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Please tell a friend and support the educational program by leaving us a rating or review. We thank you in advance. We are spending time with a professional in his field, and he's given us many takeaways in how you and I can stay healthy in our own home environment. Incidentally, if you want to inquire about a Mold Medic franchise opportunity, I encourage you to reach out to him and you will find the link in the show notes. Let's get back with the Mold Medic, Tim Swaghammer. Uh, I would think, you know, we talked touched on climate. I, I would think, um, I'm thinking of Florida. I mean, that's a high uh, uh, relative humidity area there. Um, I, in fact, I did some reading on on, on uh, humidity. Uh, believe it or not, Alaska is the highest. <laughs> you wouldn't yes. think, you wouldn't think, but it is uh, according to it. I was astonished to read that because uh, it said that uh, even cold air can hold moisture. And uh, as well as as warm air, uh, mm-hmm. and that's true, I guess. Uh, I mean, uh, when you're cold, I guess you you turn on the heat or whatever inside the home, and and it's conducive to creating mold, I, I suppose, as well. So, so that's an ongoing uh, job, it seems to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially whenever you're talking about areas like like Florida, you have not only constant humidity, but you also have. Uh, seasonal hurricanes and severe oh, tropical gosh. storms yeah, that are yeah. contributing to consistent wear on the exterior of the homes and that uh, exterior building envelope. Mm-hmm. If without proper maintenance and everything, that can begin to leak, leak. And now you have not just humidity to deal with, but you have water from the outside coming in as well. My so gosh. definitely some areas can be more problematic than others, but mm-hmm. even in what we think of as very dry climates, mm-hmm. um, for instance, if you're talking like Arizona and some of your more desert type climates, right. uh, you can still have mold issues from other sources. Like they're running their air conditioning constantly. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a lot more dry, that air conditioning is pulling moisture out. The if the air conditioners, yep, okay. through the condensation, if they're not set All up right. properly, those can leak, those can overflow and boom, now you've got an issue. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the spectrum. Yeah. I think I read uh, Las Vegas, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Salt Lake City. They're very dry, but still you're, you are uh, susceptible to mold, uh, like as you mentioned there. Uh, by the way, so the first is Alaska and, and, and uh, where it's most humid, the H uh, 
no, excuse me, they call it the RH relative humidity is Alaska, mm-hmm. Florida, and Louisiana is the third. <laughs> so yeah, Alaska is the only the only surprising one. And I, I, that's interesting because I have not, I mean, haven't ever been there, so I haven't yeah. looked at it very very closely. But that's exactly. that's definitely something I want to look at. Yeah. That's interesting. There, it was for me. I tell you, I was sure surprised. Um, so moisture is is the culprit, is the source, of, um, and um, so when you smell mold, it uh, definitely you got to do something about that. Because I have, I have been in homes, I've been in the real estate industry, involved with it uh, about forty one years, Tim, and I remember just one home in all those years that it was really I, I couldn't handle it. It was mm-hmm. so it, pungent, you know, so musty and pungent. I was thinking to myself, how do these folks live in here? So I can see how it can be uh, unhealthy. Uh, But what what if I do find some mold? I clean it up um, and and even uh, apply some uh, biocide on the surface there, and it looks clean. Uh, Will that do the job? So really a lot of it comes down to like we were talking about before, what surface is it actually growing on and where okay. where is it coming from and what's the surface? So one of the most common things we see that we do recommend homeowners take care of themselves, uh, mold inside like a shower, bathtub, that kind of deal. Mm. Generally, it's going to be growing on a non-porous surface, fiberglass bathtubs, those kind of things. And it's growing on the shower grime that has accumulated in there. Mm. And a proper cleaning can take care of it and address it provided that the caulking and uh, all of that is addressed. So it's not actually seeping behind Mm -hmm. uh, the waterproofing envelope. But so that kind of surface growth generally is something that a homeowner can definitely take care of and is a, is a fairly easy fix when it's growing on a non-porous surface like that. Uh, It's once it gets into, especially materials like drywall, a lot of the newer building materials that we utilize, a lot of the manufactured stuff, uh, MDF, for instance, uh, is basically sawdust that's glued together mm-hmm. to make a wood product. Yes. And these products are extremely sensitive to moisture. And because of the way that they're constructed, it's very, very easy to for mold to grow completely through the material. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what might look like just a surface problem can really be quite a bit deeper. And whenever we talk start talking about porous surfaces... This is where we need to get into a mold remediation process of actually removing the contaminated building material, mm-hmm. doing a proper cleaning and making sure that it's all removed from the environment and not something that's just being painted over. There you go. Yeah. I hadn't asked you this, um, Tim, but do you have any horror stories you want to relate to us to, to, to underscore the uh, the importance of uh, to drive the point home? You know, any any stories you want to share with us? Yeah. So I got two. I mean, the first okay. one is a, a big one because a lot of people don't think about it this way. Mm-hmm. But whenever we're talking about moisture, most people think about leaks. They think about floods. They think about some sort of big water intrusion event. Mm-hmm. They don't think about the humidity that much. And humidity can be a big, big problem. We saw uh, in Pittsburgh, I think it was probably four years ago now. It's hard to keep track with COVID and uh, all of the years that have been in between there. Oh, yes. But uh, so a number of years ago, we saw an issue with a number of the public schools in the area where over the summer, they just, they weren't occupied. So they shut down the HVAC systems completely. So there's no mm-hmm. air conditioning running. They were completely vacant. 
Hmm. Uh, and whenever they went and they did that to save on electricity hmm. and expenses. And then whenever they went to reopen the schools in August, uh, they had a lot of mold issues and the mold was caused by the stagnant air, rising humidity, no air conditioning to help uh, dehumidify and hmm. no air movement throughout the building just created a lot of mold issues over just a couple months of it being left vacant. And that's that's probably the situation that we see people most blindsided by frequently. Mm-hmm. They're moving and they're like prepping a home to sell and it sits vacant for a couple months. So they leave it unoccupied. They leave the HVAC off and it can create a problem very, very quickly. Um, so that's definitely one I like to like to bring up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one from a horror story, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times clutter is mm. a big component of issues. Mm. And it's a component for two reasons. Uh, number one, if you've got a lot of clutter, especially in like a basement, uh, it can make it hard to identify issues whenever they start to come up because there's just so much stuff. You can't see the exterior walls. You can't see mm. uh, sort of all these common places where water would be coming in. Uh, so you don't really know what's going on there. Uh, but then also a lot of the things that tend to... Uh, be accumulated are stored in cardboard boxes and it's cardboard boxes of clothes, clothes and other uh, soft organic materials, porous materials. Uh, so, I mean, we've, we've had a number of customers in this situation where they started to notice kind of a, a musty odor in their upstairs basement was just used for storage. They never really went down there very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do go down maybe because they're going to move or something like that. And they start moving some stuff around and all of a sudden they notice a gigantic mold issue Hmm. where they have just piles and piles of cardboard boxes covered in black mold and all from like some relatively minor foundation water issues, but a little bit of water coming in and then just soaking up into those materials over time, causing big, big problems. Hmm. My gosh. So, um, so the thing to do is to make sure things are your home is decluttered. Uh, I don't know what other things we can do. I guess open windows, I guess, right? Or, or what, what can we do? Yeah. So, I mean, managing humidity is a big one. Um, yeah. Making yeah. sure that you're using air conditioning uh, in the summer, that helps to manage. I personally have both a portable dehumidifier as well as a whole home dehumidifier mm-hmm. uh, in my home to help man- manage the humidity because around here, uh, we get sort of the worst of both worlds. We get in the summer, it gets very humid. And then in the winter, it gets very, very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we need to be kind of prepped for both ends of the spectrum there. So making sure you're managing the humidity, um, keeping up on home, home maintenance, yeah. uh, making sure that co- exterior caulking around your windows, uh, all those kind of things are just kept up on because that tends to be where a lot of the moisture can come in. Mm-hmm. Um and just really, probably the biggest one, if you notice something that looks weird, investigate it. Right. If you notice that there's a little bit of water along like a foundation wall, if you notice that uh, certain times of the year, there's a ton of condensation on your windows, mm-hmm. uh, dark spots appealing, appearing, water stains in your ceilings, uh, uh, bubbling or peeling paint, those are all indications that there's a water problem of some kind. Mm-hmm. And likely a mold issue going on somewhere that you can't quite see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, some good points you're sharing there with us. I 
I mentioned opening windows, but I guess you don't want to do that when it's raining. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it all depends on time of year and individual. Yeah, that's uh, right. Can't win for losing, yep. you know. Yeah. But uh, no, those are very uh, good points. I'm, I've noticed too, that good ventilation, like in the bathroom, you know, you take a hot shower, you make sure it's good uh, ventilation in there because uh, that moisture will will stay and it, uh, and it yeah. takes for, forever to dry. A so, lot. It's funny, a lot of people that we talk to um, yeah. believe that the only purpose of the bathroom ventilation fan is for bathroom odors. Yeah, uh, yeah. But in reality, it's, it's there for humidity. I mean, when it you is. shower, you're putting off a ton yeah. of humidity. Exactly. In fact, my my uh, ventilation is right above the, the shower stall, you know, so it's, that's what it's for. Yep. Yeah. So let me ask, ask you this, um, uh, Tim, do cities and, uh, and, and counties, uh, do they have some kind of an enforcement code uh, to, for mold remediation? Some do, most don't. Uh, so okay. a lot of times it's done, if there is any regulation, it typically is done at the state level. Um, but there's only a handful of states that actually regulate uh, or license mold remediators specifically or identify protocols that need to be used, uh, anything like that. In most states, unfortunately, it is kind of the Wild West mm. in that uh, anybody can call themselves a mold remediator. And, uh, and unfortunately, you see a lot of that where it's a handyman service and they've got 14 different services listed on the side of their van, including, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll we'll build you a deck and we'll do your mold remediation for uh-huh. you. Yeah. Is, is that a license or a certification to be able to do that, to remediate? So it it all depends on the state. There are definitely I some independent so. certifications that we strongly recommend. Right. Um, but like in Pennsylvania, there's, there's no state-issued license. It's just a home improvement contractor license. Is that right? Okay. So let me ask you, I'm in California, you're in PA, uh, let's say somebody in the, in the Midwest or somewhere, are there any resources on the internet or anywhere to, to find mold consultants? Absolutely. So there's a couple of different uh, independent organizations that we strongly rec- strongly recommend they look at. Yeah. Uh, the first would be IAQA, which is the Indoor Air Quality Association, uh, and they have a strong membership base. They're big on uh continuing education and really just improving the industry at large. Mm-hmm. So they're a very good one, as well as uh, ACAC, the American Council for Accredited Certification. Uh, they provide certifications for indoor air quality uh, specializations from mm-hmm. mold, general indoor environmental issues, um, investigations. So they can be a great resource as well. Yeah, yeah. I know in my area, it's become a specialty. Uh, I know one fellow I'm thinking about uh, – that's all he does is inspect and uh, remediate uh, mold. So, yeah, it is a problem, and it's something you have to keep a keep a handle on, on that uh, for one's uh, even uh, our health. Uh, but how can my uh, listenership reach out to you, uh, your organization, for more information on this topic, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our website's moldmedics.com. And uh, we're also actively franchising. So we're looking to expand our footprint and be able to help more people in more different areas that way. Mm-hmm. And if you have anybody who's interested in that, it's moldmedicsfranchising.com. There you go. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you indicated that. Uh, I think there is a big need uh, um, with this uh, the service here. And I, I want to thank you. You've been, uh, you've been very gracious to be with us. You've had some very excellent points uh, that you've shared with us to, to stay healthy. Uh, that's the primary thing, to stay healthy. And I want to thank you for coming on your Lot and Parcel show, and I wish you the very best, Tim. 
Thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate the time. Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. We hope you will join us in supporting home and family through your monetary funding. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.